when you get your 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 mind and its stories out of the way, your body is an exquisite guidance system. And once she's been awakened, once she's been reminded, oh, I can do this, then you shift not only the kind of man you're looking for, you're scanning the horizon for with more discernment, but you also shift the energy that you're giving out of, I won't tolerate that anymore. Your intention and your energies become fine-tuned to that which you most want rather than that which you've come to expect. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am your host, Amanda Johnson, and I am coming to you from the beautiful land of Italy right now where there are birds chirping and crickets in the background or whatever they have here in Italy. Um, But today I have a very special guest with us who is not here in Italy with me, um, but he, I know, is going to be a true delight uh, to, to learn from, to listen to. He and I have had one other conversation, and I was immediately drawn to what he does in the world, not only because I think there's something profoundly healing in it for me, um, but certainly for the divine feminine uh, across the board. And as you get to know him and as we get to know him together, I am certain there is something in this for you if you are tuning in today. So I invite you to drop into this space and to allow our conversation to inspire you, to heal you, to open you up, and to see what comes forth from this. So today I have Randall Alford on the show, a lifelong student, sometimes willing, sometimes flagrantly resistant, of the heart center and unconditional love. Randall works primarily with women to facilitate their sensual awakening, energetic alertness, and sovereign powers of voice and choice through personal counsel, loving inductions, conscious touch, and experiential learning. Randall, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda. It's an honor to be here, really. I'm really looking forward to this conversation, mainly because in my life, I notice when there's a theme or something I'm here to learn or to deepen into for myself, all of these people start coming into my experience who talk about it, teach it, uh, read about it. And of course, you were one of those individuals when it comes to um, what I'm thinking of the you know awakening the divine feminine or, or our, that sensual Um, awakening that might be occurring in many of us or needs to occur in many of us. And so this is a topic that I'm really excited to dive into wherever it may go. I trust it will be just perfect. And so how I like to open each of these conversations is with a very simple, not always easy, open-ended question, which is really, why do you do what you do in the world? Well, it's because I can't do anything else. Um, I have had a history of resisting guidance, of arguing with reality, and insisting that somehow I know better than life. Um, Of course, we're all humans. We all have our preferences. Fortunately, life has been very persistent as well as patient. Um, I have basically, every time I've decided, no, I think I want to try something different. I want to step away from this, go in a different direction. Life just conspires to, uh, whether gently or a little more insistently, nudge me back on the path and say, no, if you withdraw, you're going to constrict. And if you constrict, life will respond accordingly. And I'm just happier when I relax into what has developed into more of a sense of trust in my life and my guidance and the synchronicities that you were just talking about how when there's a theme that's up for me, things just show up so I can relax. I don't have to take responsibility for determining what's my next step. What am I supposed to be doing? So because I spent so much of my life in the mind, you know, operating from strategies of my intellect, um, it's been such a blessing, such a relief to learn that so much more of my life energy is available to me when I drop out of the mind and more fully into my body. Well, so I love, first of all, all of the wisdom that you just packed into about 90 seconds or so of what it means to be on this path and be on this uh, journey. And so I think anyone listening can immediately go, oh, wow, there's a whole lot of wisdom and inspiration simply in how you answered this question. Where I want to go with it, though, is as I, at the very end, because what I'm most fascinated about personally is 
and why I love this question is I believe we're all here in this lifetime, in this physical form uh, to, to learn and then to bring forth those learnings and lessons into the world. And I often be believe it's because we each have that thing that we are here to heal, uh, uh, work with, and get really, really familiar with and intimate with so that we can, you know, share that with others. And I'm thinking here, like, wow, but you were, you know, why do you work with divine feminine? Why are you working with these women in this way, which I know you and I spoke about a little bit on our first conversation. It may come up again here. But then at the very end, you said something. You said, well, I spent my whole life in my head, in my mind, strategies, da, 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 da. And I'm thinking, ah, yeah, the typical masculine energy, right? Where, and we all have both, but it's like this. So I'm curious if you would agree with this, or if you want to elaborate on this, that from a lifetime of being in the masculine, it was almost as if the universe, God, spirit, source said, you know what, Randall, here, let's really get you into your, your feminine, right? The allowing, the surrendering, the, the letting you, you're letting yourself be guided. So do you see a correlation or a connection there? Absolutely. I, you know, I believe that life is, is ultimately this, this harmonious and dynamic dance between the masculine and the feminine. Um, when I came into the world, uh, for a variety of reasons, I was actually intent on rejecting what I saw as a typical masculine in my life. I saw it as very domineering, judgmental, controlling, manipulative, rage-filled, and I thought, I'm not going to be that. And so I really stepped away from my masculine. I actually, you know, kind of disproportionately, if you will, um, elevated and celebrated the feminine, used that as my strategy. But as you, as I said, even though I was consciously doing that, my domain where I took comfort in, in my illusion of control was all in the very masculine mind. So at the same time as saying, no, I, I reject the masculine, I'm not going to be the masculine, it, I was absolutely surrendering myself unconsciously to like the, what I will call the, the immature or uninformed masculine that relies solely on thought relies heavily on my self-identification with my ego and my beliefs about myself, including, oh, I'm not a typical man. Um, and most of my life, I, I led a very narrow range of feeling and emotion. Um, I, had very, I was low energy, borderline depressive all the time, even though to outward appearances, I had a very blessed and rich life, including falling in love at 18 and getting married at 19, being married for decades to this very wonderful goddess. This, I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for her. And we're no longer together in marriage. We're still together on our soul journey. Um, but even in the midst of all this blessing, uh, something was off. And I didn't question it. I just said, oh, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I am. And it was probably about 20 years ago that I had what I, what I called my experience being cracked open. And it was in a workshop with my then wife um, and where I had this physical, visceral, energetic sense of the space behind my heart center being blown wide open. And the effect of that was I was forced to confront the fact that, oh, I've been talking about, writing about, thinking about how this is an energy world, but it was always as an abstraction. It was this concept. It sounds good. It makes, makes for a great conversation. But when this happened, I said, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> pardon my French <laughs> or Italian, um, this energy shit is real. And I did not have control over it. The experience I had was that anytime anyone with their hands within two feet at the back of my heart chakra, I would feel an, an impulse, a jolt of energy, and it would make me gasp. It was almost an ecstatic feeling, but because I was in resistance to it, it was terrifying. It was proof I'm not in control. And it reminds me of something from Star Trek saying, you know, we're losing containment, Captain. You know, it's like, and, and so I actually resisted that feeling, as I'm very good at resistance. I resisted that feeling for weeks, and it remained for weeks, causing me to reflect, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do about this? Oh, my God, what am I supposed to do? Finally, my ego caught up to the whole thing and said, actually, this is pretty cool. Look what I can do. And, of course, in that moment, it closed entirely. 
containment was regained, but I acted <laughs> with this awareness that I'm supposed to really understand more about this energy. The other gift of that experience was I had a hint of how much energy was available to me. The fact that so much, the reason I characterize myself as, oh, that's just who I am as very low energy is because all of my own personal life energy was actually spent in resistance to what life was trying to engage me in, resistance to the dance, if you will. And that's exhausting. If I'm not living my authentic, spontaneous life, that means all of my attention, energy, and awareness is going towards some performance, some posture that I'm supposed to maintain. And I thought it was making me look good in the eyes of others. I thought it was keeping me safe from others' judgments. Fundamentally, it was exhausting me. And I'm quite convinced that if I hadn't been cracked open, if I hadn't shifted, I would have been taken out of life. Because my father died at a young age. I have a lot of similarities with my father, which takes me back to the whole issue of the masculine and reclaiming the masculine. Um, but the whole journey has been about, first, the rejection of the masculine, the elevation of the feminine, then noticing that there were things I could do in my life to consciously express my reverence for, appreciation for, need for the feminine in my life. And as I started along the path, I realized, oh, if I really am in service to the feminine, I cannot fully be of service if I don't turn right back around, look at and reclaim what it means to be a masculine. Because it's in the contrast and it's in our differences that we complement and support each other. And I thought I was doing the feminine a favor by rejecting the masculine. It's like, no, I'm depriving her of the level of mature presence, witness, support, encouragement, affirmation that she, she deserves, which, in then, which then makes me available to the very natural nurturing and healing that the feminine offers in return. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a lot in there. Um, I, I tend to pack a lot. It, in. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I love I it. I was soaking up every word. And, and now I'm, I'm going, okay, where, where are we going? Well, what I want to ask. So where you ended was so beautiful in terms of that contrast and the need. And there's more I would like to know about that. But perhaps you can weave that in as you take continues on your journey. So if you think about 20 years ago, you have this very literal heart opening, heart, you know, cracking open experience. But then, so what happened, like, how did you get from there to where you are now? What, you know, what was that like? And, and really what I'm looking at is how did you get sure. into doing what you're doing now? And Yeah, and, and so weave that together. Yeah. Um, well, let, okay, let me put it in context. Um, probably for 15 years before my heart opening experience, I was quite literally working with a master of heart-centered awareness. Uh, my teacher was a man by the name of Brujoy, dedicated his life to the heart center. Uh, he passed about 10 years ago. But in the midst of this experience, I, I talked closely with him. Another of my teachers, a woman by the name of Maria Elena Cairo, um, who has also uh, had worked with Bru and, and focused on the heart center. All of these things, I, I had tools. I'll put it that way. Because I had been doing this work for years, I had tools with which, you know, yes, I had my immediate egoic response to, to the mystery. And then I remembered, oh, wait, there are resources I can talk to. There are, you know, my own heart center that I can reconnect with and, and petition for more information and insight. Um, so that's basically what I did is I talked to my teachers. I asked me, and, and Maria Elena in particular gave me a very specific 21-day meditation the petition for what do I do with this? Where do I go? Bottom line, when all was said and done, um, my guidance was find teachers in the body. Find teachers who will help you come back into your sensate awareness and wisdom. Do it without agenda. Do it without expectation. Find teachers. Now, at the time, the only teachers I were aware of were tantric teachers. And the idea of working with tantra kind of terrified me. Um, I was a very good Christian boy, happily married. <laughs> and the idea of working with intimacy, you know, physical intimacy to that degree, kind of violated my sense of, of what was appropriate. But again, 
deep meditation, deep petition, paying attention to my dreams. The guidance I always got was, Randall, just take a step forward. You're not committing yourself to a path when you take a step. You know, because you begin working with a teacher doesn't mean suddenly you're going to become, you know, their acolyte and have to try to replicate their experience in the world. Your job is to gather experience. So with that assurance, I immediately, <laughs> I, I, I noticed looking back, all the teachers, all the experiences, all the workshops I sought were out of state. If you get on a plane, get in a car, drive, fly somewhere else, I wouldn't have to deal with it in my own life, my own community. It's like, oh, this is another part of my life. So I, I, I encountered a lot of teachers, a lot of inductions. The thing that surprised me was how much this was less like learning new stuff than it was a sense of being clarified and reminded of things that I'd always known. And I had, did have an experience of like, oh, there's this wellspring of innate knowing, another part of what I'd been resisting. You know, there was within me this natural import, in, impulse towards healing, towards um, sensuality, towards all these things which I will characterize as feminine. And this is where the, the, the paradox of, oh, you know, I'm going to embrace and celebrate the feminine and yet clamp down and, and resist her chaos in my life. <laughs> Suddenly I was having to confront the fact, no, Randall, you need to learn to trust in the creative chaos of, of the divine feminine within yourself. And I became aware uh, through the various workshops and experiences um, the guidance that I received that I'm supposed to enter into a direct experiential dialogue with the feminine. You know, again, my comfort zone was around being in abstraction and conversation and using words to explore and, you know, um, maybe sharing some kind of meditative space or something. But as I discovered, it's like there was, there, there was a kind of energy, energy that I wanted to express through my hands in particular. And of course, I, I came to appreciate that, that our arms and hands are ex expressive extensions of the heart center. And I started having very specific, when I opened myself to them, I, I realized I was getting intuitive nudges. I was getting um, sensate guidance from my own body on what was being called for. And my first experience of that was, was the sense of feeling my hands switch on. That's that, that was the phrase I started to use. My hands would switch on when I was in the presence of a particular person, usually a woman. And the sense was, and it was often in a, in a sacred workshop space. So that gave me permission to kind of engage and play in a way that felt safe to my ego mind. But over time, my guidance was, okay, now take this out into the world, not into the greenhouse protected realm of these workshops, but put yourself on the line, put yourself at risk by expressing exactly what you wanted to do. So I actually got literal guidance to write five different women in my life with a letter, a physical snail mail letter, you know, that shows you how long ago it was, um, ex explaining the fact that I was opening to these energies, exploring them. I was being guided to find people I could have permission to explore and play with. The thought of writing to these five women, it was, it was a perfect selection of women because some of them I had just met, some I'd known for years, and I had, I noticed, you know, my mind would marshal all these various reasons why, no, not that person, because, no, not that person, because, and ultimately, and this is where my, my then wife was such a help, because said, Randall, she said, Randall, you've asked for guidance, you've received it, don't ignore it, don't change, you know, don't change your, your, your own rules in the middle of the game, so I wrote this letter, sent it to these five women, and uh, uh, it, Again, uh, part of what keeps kept me going was the divine perfection even I could see in how things unfolded. It may not have been according to any script I anticipated or even preferred, but there was such a beautiful elegance in how every encounter with each of these five women unfolded. And each one was an affirmation in its own way of, yes, Randall, you have a capacity for this. It's not that you're special or that you're, you know, some kind of... Um, unique healer or anything it's just you are being called you're saying yes and so few people in the world do that wow oh. so what you're called basically is to contribute your willingness to show up that in itself is an aspect of the mature masculine 
being willing to show up, hold space, release the need to control. The need to control is the immature masculine. <laughs> the mature masculine honors the fact that, oh, this is a mysterious, sometimes chaotic, but ultimately generative engagement to really surrender into the mystery with the feminine and all her creative genius. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where I am in the midst of answering that's that question. Okay. That's, that's okay. Yeah. I, I would love to pause here because it's so, I mean, again, I, what I'm loving is that not only can I feel that there's this wisdom in terms of what you do and there's this healing component that I'm going to ask a little bit more about now, there's also a way in which you go through life that is is inspiring to me and I believe to anyone listening. So anyone listening, even if you aren't, uh, you know, you don't even resonate potentially with some of the specific content, what I want you to be listening for is how Randall shows up in his life. The, say, the willingness to say yes, what that means in terms of the expression of the divine masculine, what that means to allow and surrender and not need to control. I mean, these to me are like pillars of life. And then we get to play that out in whatever game or format or way for each of us, right? You're, you have this lovely role and, and um, movie you're playing out and I'm having my own, but there are some tenets to this life that I hear you speaking to. And I just love that. But now I want to ask more about this work you do with the divine feminine. So thank you for painting us that picture, at least getting you over into the work of it. Uh, and what a beautiful, whew, I mean, I'm, I'm even with you like, wow, that takes so much courage and trust and faith and, and really like setting aside fear. Um, I mean, here you are, um, again, because I, want, I, I think this is something that came up for me and it might be coming up for some of the listeners. Here's this man who wants to work with women in a culture and in a society that may or may not accept that, right? So I just think you have so much courage to go, wow, this is the guidance and I have to follow it. So can we, let's get into the now, you're, do, you're working with women. Uh, what is it that you're doing with them? Well, I'm going to back up a little in, into my story again, because what happened was one of the teachers I encountered um, along the way was the Tantra teacher, uh, Charles Muir. And one of the most potent lessons I learned again, a sense of being reminded of something I'd already known but forgotten, uh, was around sacred spot massage, which again, in the context of this workshop, was alarming to my ego mind, as this was still early in my journey. And the fact that I was actually going to work with a woman who was not my wife, in a very, what they call, you know, uh, most courses you attend is like, you know, okay, you've got homework. Well, this was home play with someone I didn't know. But again, I had this amazing, inductive, almost overwhelming experience of the power that, that moves through when there's a loving intention and a man brings himself into service to a woman who's willing to open and receive from him. The power of that, not only in the healing circuitry with the woman, but kind of this opening into the fuller capacity of, of the masculine being. Um, and that I brought that home to my wife. And at that time, we'd been married about 20 years. And we had this tremendous experience that we'd never had before in life. It was, we were both laughing and crying. And the experience was transforming to both of us and to our relationship. Um, so coming out of that, um, after a period of time, we were lying in bed one morning and my wife turned and looked at me and she said, you should do this. And I, I said, do what? She said, it would be wrong of me to withhold this gift from my sisters. And that, again, like my being cracked open experience, this terrified my ego. What are you saying? What are you suggesting? You know, because it was challenging all my sense of containment and safe, you know, love, um, sex had always been sacred to me, but it was always with the very specific container of the marriage. I had a lot of stories and judgments and everything about that. She was suggesting something that took me even further out of my comfort zone than just attending that workshop had done. Um, so that's, that was when, you know, shortly after that, that I wrote the 
the, the letters to the five women that I had mentioned and started down this intentional path of, okay, I am doing this in service to healing. I don't know. And this was a big piece of it. I don't know what I'm doing. I have to trust that something larger than me actually does know. <laughs> and again, the invitation, Randall, relax, get out of your own way. Just be present. Just say yes. You know, your, your ego is in resistance because absolutely it cannot take responsibility for this. This is your surrender into service. So I started coming up with my own beliefs <laughs> about what my work should look like. One of the first beliefs was, oh, well, if I'm going to do this in integrity, I should work with men too. I tried it. Didn't work. <laughs> it was, again, it was an imposition of my idea on life's unfolding. And the feedback was immediate. Like, no. You're here to work with the feminine. And by the way, you will work with the masculine as a result. It just doesn't look the way that you think it should. So I started, um, basically, if it weren't for Facebook and WordPress, I wouldn't have a practice because I'm not the sort of person who, I'm, I'm very much an introvert. That's another complicating factor. I'm, I'm not comfortable putting myself out there and marketing or networking or anything like that. My guidance, again, was simply make yourself available. You know, get clear on your message, express it, and let it go. So I started writing about these things on Facebook. I started intentionally listening to guidance that go to this meeting, go to this ecstatic dance, go to this. And over time, I, I cultivated these dialogues. And a lot of this was training for me. I had to get comfortable talking about sex, sexual energy, not feel, because I was in fear, living in fear of judgment, of, oh, typical, again, you know, great fear. Oh, here's a typical man trying to get into a woman's pants, basically, you know, has a great story. And, this, and, the, and the, the complicating factor is I did witness that in the Tantra community. Absolutely. And, and again, I don't want to be identified with that. I don't want to, but the guidance was very clear. Randall, just do what you're called to do. Don't worry about anyone else. You're not replicating any other teacher or any other model of what you're seeing in the sacred sex world. And I found other teachers and traditions and so on beyond Tantra. And, and I came to appreciate Tantra was just like one expression of all the work I've been doing about around heart centering. For me, Tantra is about the inclusivity and the integrative gracings of the heart center. And what I've been doing in the 15 years before it's cracked open is what I now understand to be white Tantra, which was preparation of the vessel without any engagement with other people. And the challenge for me then was to step into the fire and say, okay, I am offering my presence as a conscious grounded masculine in service to affirming, awakening, and encouraging. This is the paradox. The divine masculine within my clients to awaken and stand in service to them. So even though I'm, it's like I was standing in um, service as a representative of the divine masculine, not as Randall, the person working with you. It's like, well, I always characterize it as a very deep namaste. The divine within me sees and acknowledges the divine within you. So I always work with women in this transpersonal space where it's not about the personality or the self-identified mind. It's about surrendering ourselves to kind of the pure essence energies of what's available to us as the masculine, as the feminine. And as you mentioned, we carry both within ourselves. It's not that, okay, you know, trying to get women to open up to men to give them support to be more in themselves. It's more kind of encouraging, reminding, and awakening within the women, oh, I have within me my own capacity to stand in support of who I most want to be and express myself as a woman. I have my own inner masculine who needs to be awakened and step forward and the problem is in this world, in this culture, there is no model for that. There's no encouragement for that. It's that, that is shifting. That is shifting. And I, I'm part of that shift. But it was always this, this, again, to the degree that my ego mind got caught up in it, I would feel like, well, I have no right to do this. There, you know, all the stories that when I just dropped into, and it would, this is the blessing of every session I have ever had. Once I step into the session, my body takes over, knows what to do. My mind can drop its stories. Everything works out beautifully. And it's a gift. It's like, yes, I learn more about myself as a masculine in the exchange. I learn more about myself 
and my own feminine capacities in the exchange, trusting that's the same is true for, for my client in whatever experience we're having. She is not only discovering, you know, the value of affirming and encouraging her own feminine expression, but also learning she has the right to discern and choose from the sovereignty of her own kind of masculine standing in support so that she can make her creative contributions into the world as a complete being rather than always in search of the permission or the, uh, the support of some external masculine. You know, obviously, our external relationships are beautiful and wonderful and, and, and part of what we're here to experience. And most of us have learned to predicate or conditionalize who we are in the world based on who else is around us. Am I currently in a relationship? Okay, I'm okay. Oh, am I alone? I'm not okay. You know, we have all these stories. Just like, you know, and, and that's part of my lesson in this whole classroom is every time I come up with a story, whether it's about the appropriateness of my touch or, you know, how others will judge me or what I can offer in a session or what I can't offer in a session. Whenever I come up with my ego story, life always constellates and organizes itself to give me an experience to blow that story up. Mm-hmm. Oh, Randall, you, you, know, you thought you shouldn't offer sessions that last all night long and 16 hours long. You had your list of reasons why that wouldn't work. By the way, this is now going to be how you work. Yeah. And it's like, again, I would, yeah, I would learn. Oh, this is perfect. This is, of course, what I've learned in this work is for me, it's so important to create a spaciousness for any deep experience. And I went into it with a strategy of, okay, my, my sessions will be 90 minutes long. Well, that didn't last. <laughs> like, no, that's not going to work. But for, for like the first four or five years that I was offering this work, and it is very intimate work. And quite often, I generally work um, in bed with my clients. You know, people say, oh, no, no, you should work on a massage table, you know, maintain this distance and so on. It's like my guidance was, no, this is intimate work. We're going to trust in the intimacy. So I'm going to answer, yeah, because I, and you might be going here, but I just want to ask this question very pointedly. For those of us listening, because it's so beautiful and incredible in terms of the value that your clients are getting, that you are getting, what is being learned and experienced. The question that I know is just like, having to be asked is like, why, what is the connection between sensuality, our sexual energy, and this work? Like why, for example, would a person, or do you believe one of the ways to bring us into wholeness, bring us into union, um, you know, express our divine masculine and feminine comes through this format? Like just help us understand that a little bit better. Okay. Um, So we come into this world innocent. And again, the ego starts developing stories as soon as we come into self-awareness. And one of those stories is we lose our innocence with every experience. It's like, as we grow, we toughen up. (laughs) And especially in this culture, we not only toughen up, but we become all become masculinized, men and women alike. You know, a lot of the women who succeed in business and so on, how do they do it? Well, it's because they've learned to play the boys game. So this innocence is an innate resource and gift to us. It's what generates our ability to go into the world curious and exploring and playful and grow. That's how we grow as children. We give all that up the older that we get. So for me, what I've learned is in order to be in intimate relationship with life, we have to reclaim our ability to stand in our innocence. Our bodies are innocent no matter how old they are, no matter what they've experienced, how many scars we have, our bodies are innocent. We have a natural curiosity that calls us into the mystery that overrides our sense of um, this is what I need to do to stay safe or to protect myself or to gain what I want out of this situation. And we also have this innate playfulness. So for me, innocence, curiosity, and playfulness draw us into intimacy with ourselves, which then allows us to be intimate with others, which then allows us to live our lives in intimacy with all of life. So most of the distortion that shows up in our life tends to be around the lower chakras. It's put a lot of judgment, shame, 
because it's a lot of woundings that happen around the first and second chakras. And that's, you know, these are the sexual centers. These are the, the, the centers of survival, basically. Um, survival and creation. These are huge, potent energies. So, of course, the ego tends to clamp down on this. And, of course, society joins in. It's, it's a manifestation, a collective manifestation of our individual judgments. Really shuts down and conditionalizes how, where, when it's appropriate to even pay any attention whatsoever to our first and second chakras. As a result, even literally in our physical bodies, we tend to ignore the lower chakras, except to the degree that we feel some kind of impulse or appetite or whatever. And so suddenly it becomes associated with appetites. Again, an easy thing to judge and shame and say, oh, we need to control that. So there's all these forces creating distortion. And if we have distortions in our, and again, we're a perfectly tuned inner instrument of energy you know we have this and that you know there's all kinds of elaborations we can make on the chakra system but basically we have the seven main chakras and ideally you know we're this clear channel between the grounding of the earth and the and, and the spaciousness of the cosmos we are the channel we are the bridge well if we're all clamped down and, and distorted in the first two chakras we lose that connection both with the earth the mother and with the cosmos the father and we become like orphans, energetic orphans in the world. So this work really is to very intentionally bring back loving awareness, intention, and attention to those parts of our bodies that we have for so long judged or resisted or made wrong. Helping to dissolve any of the stories we have around guilt and shame, any of the stories we have around you know, how unsafe it is to be a sensual, sexual being in this planet. And we learn, not through talking about these things, as I say, not through the abstraction, but through direct personal experience. And so I characterize a lot of the learning that I did as I was set on my path as being inductions. And that's what this work really is. It's an, it's an induction which serves to affirm and clarify and remind us of the beauty and the, the pleasure that is naturally available to us in our bodies. And this pleasure is not a distraction from our purpose on life. It's an encouragement, a resource, it's a replenishment of what we need to do, persist in the difficulty of this life. And to the degree that the masculine can stand in service to say, it is your birthright to relax, open, be vulnerable, trust, expand, express. It is your birthright. The body, We'll remember this. The, the, the body carries inductions forward. It's not a, oh, that was an interesting experience. Let's go on with life. It's like, it's like reawakening that part of the body and, and the mas you know, mature masculine awareness. This is what's possible. This is what I can expect. Now, a lot of women come to me because they have problems with, quote, always attracting the same men, you know, having disappointing experiences in intimacy and so on. And this, again, this, this kind of reminds them you have the power to discern and choose. And rather than discerning and choosing based on habit of how things look, really tuning into the full range of information and feedback available to you through your energy systems, your emotional systems, you know, all the subtle awareness that you carry naturally as a human being, you begin to, again, when you get your, 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 mind and its stories out of the way, your body is an exquisite guidance system. And once she's been awakened, once she's been reminded, oh, I can do this, then you shift not only the kind of man you're looking for, you're scanning the horizon for, with more discernment, but you also shift the energy that you're giving out of, I won't tolerate that anymore. Your intention and your energies become fine-tuned to that which you most want rather than that which you've come to expect. <sighs> and the only way to do that is to shift through, oh, this is a different experience of what's possible. And to experience that in your body. And to experience that with a sense of celebration. And not all my senses are full of you know, laughter and joy and, and, and pleasure. They're, they're, we will surface pain we will surface old wounds that really need to be it, it it does engage with our whole shadow self all the parts we've denied ignored pushed away all the things that have exhausted us in our resistance to them 
It's an invitation. All is welcome here. Bring it forward. Do you really feel that? Feel it. Express it. Sometimes my role as a masculine is to, is to stand as a representative for all the masculines in a woman's life that have ever violated or abused or, or wounded, disappointed, frustrated her. And sometimes you need to give expression to that. Again, because this is a deep namaste. I don't take it personally. But I can stand there and take on the rage, the anger, the frustration, and thank her. Not react against it, contend with it, push back. Just receive it myself and say, thank you. That's beautiful. I needed to hear that. Please forgive me. Mm. Randall, this is... And of course, there's the other end of the scale also. Yeah, well... (laughs) There are moments of pleasure and laughter and joy, but you can't have one without the other. Of course, it's all of it. I, I, so I just, we could talk about this for hours, obviously. I mean, your, your sessions are so, there's so many, uh, I imagine, nuances and, and the, the no one is the same. And what I'm really honoring you for and what I want to draw attention to is, for me, what you said about reclaiming our innocence. And, and, they, and they, like literally your answer was so perfect for me because it made complete sense. Like, ah, that would be why. And I could even feel if there had been any not even resistance necessarily, but curiosity or questioning. And I imagine people listening being like, yeah, but why, why through sexual touch? I don't understand. The way you described that was so exquisite because it just dropped me right into, ah, of course, when we are so imbalanced and we are, when we are so out of integrity with our own beingness, we need to sometimes take drastic measures, quote unquote, but we need to actually bring in that very um, needed piece of it to bring us back to center, to bring us back to balance. And I love that that for me is what you're offering these women that you are and to the world uh, through this act of these individual women that's, that's only resonating out on a much larger collective scale. So I really want to honor you for this before I wrap up with a few other questions. So thank you so much for what you're doing in the world and how you're serving not only the women that you work with directly, but all women right. and all men. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely believe there's, there's, there's absolutely a ripple effect in all of this. And when one woman opens, clarifies, discerns and expresses into the world, that provides encouragement and reminders to other women, whether she's in direct contact with them with them or not whether she's aware she's having an impact or not. It's true of all of us, men and women. I love it. I love it. And, and like it, I said, it's an <laughs> and I knew that this conversation, I mean, literally, I'm, I, I am not surprised that I've had a very recent experience of this. And it's like, yes, there is such healing for both and, um, and all. And so thank you so much. We're going to make sure that everyone knows how to get in touch with you here in a moment, because if they do want to reach out, since, uh, you know, they could want to learn more, I'm going to ask you that in a moment. But before I do, I like to ask each of my uh, guests three questions, because this is the Being Inspired Radio Show. I like to know what inspires you. So the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh, I just lost the the audio on that. Who is who is a source of inspiration for you and why? Oh, this sounds really weird. Uh, my ex-wife. Oof. We came into this world and we're on a soul's journey. And people don't understand why we separated and divorced. I get the confusion. But it's absolutely perfect because this woman kept me in integrity with myself. She encouraged me when I doubted and my ego kind of flares up and said, no, 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 I'm intent on living this way. She would remind me of how much of life I was cutting myself off from. She's a very feeling, spontaneous woman who had access to the full ranges of her feelings and emotions, which is part of what intimidated and scared me. It's like, I, I, don't, I can't go that. <laughs> I can't be that ecstatic in the world because then sometimes you risk being hurt and depressed. But she has always been kind of a touch point of what's, real what's in integrity and uh, who I aspire to be and we're not together as man and wife anymore but we're absolutely still together in our soul's journeys that is beautiful and a whole nother conversation could be had on that alone I'm sure but thank you for sharing that the second question is what place or activity 
most inspires you right now? <laughs> Honestly, being in bed, being in the comfort of a spacious stillness, which allows for subtle exploration and play. Um, and, you know, ideally, you know, the, when I think of where I derive the most pleasure, it's obviously, you know, in the presence of a, uh, of another being who's willing to meet me with this equally open and playful heart. But even by myself, this is another thing where my ego story is, oh, you shouldn't say you like spending time in bed and bed is your favorite place. You should be out in the, like climbing mountains and skydiving. It's like, I just really, within the last couple of months, come to this place of peace of saying, no, I love my bed. And the bed is a place of renewal, replenishment, creativity, generation of, of possibilities. It's where I start. And from, you know, it's, just, it's like the old saying about home. Home is where you start. From here, anything is possible. And that is, is my place of, of beginning every morning. It's where I'm reborn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have to say, I am so glad you did not listen to your ego mind and you shared that. It's the first on this show. I've never had that answer before. Which is <laughs> me. Uh, I get a lot of nature. I get a lot of water. You know, no one said the bed. And here's what I love about that is I actually have had a very tenuous relationship with my own bed um, over the last few years, especially when I start from there in the morning. And I'm really taking in what you just said as inspiration for me. And, and anyone listening, I, I just think this is a beautiful new perspective of our bed and for all the many facets that you, you shared and, even, and then even more. So thank you so much for that. That was powerful. Last one. What is one book that has inspired you on your path? Oh, boy. The Marianne Williamson book, Return to Love. That was the first, this, oh, I can't even remember how, it was shortly after it first came out. There's kind of a funny story in that, too, because my sister-in-law read it, hated it. Said, here, you want this book? <laughs> kind of like a cast off. <laughs> and I read it, it's like, what, what, what? This is possible. And then it, you know, I rushed out and bought the Course in Miracles and all this. I've never really worked through the Course in Miracles, but it's, it's like sits on, I think, the way most people have a Bible on their shelf. It's like, it's just a comfort knowing it's there. And sometimes I feel inspired to pick up and, and look at it. But um, Return to Love definitely is what stirred in me this, this awareness that there were other people out there thinking in terms, for me, you know, that's, that's kind of, I believe, my curriculum in, in life this time around is around unconditional love. And that was like a glimpse and encouragement into what was possible before I even had any sense of, you know, um, energy work or, or, or hands-on healing or anything like that. It's like the heart, the heart center has always been for me, it, it, like the bed, it's my home. <laughs> and, and that book awakened me to the reality that this inspired me. This, this is what I want to spend my attention on. Wow. I love that. I have heard that answer before, but <laughs> it doesn't make it any less impactful. It is one of my favorite books as well. It definitely served me on my journey and I appreciate you sharing it again. And we'll make sure anyone listening, I mean, if you haven't read it I and, and something resonated or sparked your curiosity, I highly recommend checking it out. So Randall, this has been beyond divine. I'm so grateful to you being not only who you are, but also the representative of the divine masculine, the healthy divine masculine that I believe you're right. We are shifting. And I'm so, I'm so honored that you claim that you are a part of that shift because you are absolutely that. And it sounds like you've even been some of the front runners of that shift, that, of that shift. And so Here's to more and more men stepping up into this representative and more women practicing our willingness to trust and surrender and allow, because if we stay in resistance, we're, we're not going to help things along either, right? So it is going to take all of us, and I, um, men and women, feminine, masculine, to come together and start doing this. It's really an encouragement and a celebration for people to start being who they really are, dropping the labels, dropping the expectations, even this whole conversation around gender identity and so on. How beautiful, like 
why do we limit ourselves to a range of experience based on some preconception of what our roles should be? Let's all be ourselves. Let's, let's make our contribution. Let's celebrate each other. Oh, I love that. Yes, that is our um, invitation, along with so much else that you have shared with us today. Now, for anyone who's listening, let's make sure they know how to find you. Of course, we'll put links and things in the show notes. Um, but is there a Facebook? Is there a website? How would you them? How would you like them um, to reach out? The Heartful Embrace is the name of my energy practice, and you can find me on Facebook as Heartful Embrace or Randall Alford. Um, I have a blog site on WordPress, www.heartfulembrace, all one word, um, .wordpress.com. And there's all kinds of, I have like fixed pages there that kind of describe my work and I have blogs that go back, I don't know, eight or 10 years. Um, but again, this, it, it's my only online presence is Facebook and, and WordPress. Um, I have an email address, of course, it's heartfulembrace at comcast.net if you send it to heartfulembrace at gmail.com that'll work too uh, but i just had the other address for so long that's that's where i always go so, and I, I live in the denver boulder metro area of colorado i do travel upon request i have done workshops and retreats other places but this is my home and and, and again I, I came to appreciate that when i was in resistance that's when i kind of decide, oh, I'm going to go somewhere far away from home and far away from community. But this is about bringing the experience home, bringing it. And in fact, most of my client work is done in my client's homes. Because it's about, you know, let's, this is not a separate part of life. This is, this is what we want to cultivate and, and connect with each and every day. Well, thank you so much. I will make sure that links and other things are there. But yeah, anyone who happens to be listening from Denver Boulder, uh, and you're intrigued, please find a way to connect with Randall and, and anyone else as well. I, I will say whether or not they get anyone listening gets a chance to work with you in person, for me, um, that would be a bonus. But this, this conversation alone, I know, has awakened something within us, has, has I know for me, uh, has offered me a new perspective and a new appreciation and a new willingness and less uh, judgment and resistance to to something that is so divinely uh, with within us this innocence this um, ability to live fully and freely without abandon and without fear and judgment and labels and so there's so much that we packed into this hour I am forever <laughs> grateful to you um, for you and for all of you who are listening thank you so much for tuning in and sharing this time and space with us to further inspire your own path and journey and to open to possibly new concepts possibly concepts that you're very familiar with in a new way and and then for going out and doing your part to surrender to life, to say yes, so that you can offer your gifts without feeling that they uh, aren't acceptable or okay. So if that's the one thing you took away today, that's what I want it to be. Uh, being as courageous and willing as Randall has been in his journey in your own. Randall, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Again, I, it's, it's been an honor and a pleasure. So thank you. Absolutely. Everyone else, until next time, peace and blessings.